Good evening, friends, and welcome to this group meditation meeting for the Festival of Capricorn. As we join in service together, we are conscious of being energetically connected with individuals and groups around the world who are making the approach to the spiritual hierarchy. When alignment with the sun's energies is enhanced. The festivals of the full moon are holy days in which we can receive and circulate energies from the hierarchy and Shambhala on behalf of humanity. And it's therefore important to make this approach as part of a group endeavor. The peak of the full moon is tonight at 11.08 GMT, an opportune time for us as souls to transmit the higher light into the lower realms to partake in the great work of redemption. The spiritual keynote which we will be working with is, lost am I in light supernal, yet on that light I turn my back. And it's closely related to the ancient aphorism quoted on the full moon meditation outline. He who faces the light and stands within its radiance is blinded to the issues of the world of men. He passes on the lighted way to the great center of absorption. But he who feels the urge to pass that way, yet loves his brother on the darkened path, revolves upon the pedestal of light and turns the other way. He faces towards the dark and then the, the seven points of light within himself transmit the outward streaming light. And lo, the face of those upon the darkened way receives that light. For them, the way is not so dark. Behind the warriors, twixt the light and dark, blazes the light of hierarchy. By learning to stand and radiate light as souls, we support the work of the spiritual hierarchy and act as vital transmitters of light into human consciousness. These meditations always include the Great Invocation, the solar instrument entrusted to us for the precipitation of light supernal into the world. Yet, especially in these uncertain times, we have to be aware that lighted forces contacting the lower worlds initially unearth evil bring it to the surface to be addressed. Other effects that might be ascribed to the planned precipitation of a light supernal include a changing sense of the relationship between time, space, and events, an intensification of the working out of the law of cause and effect, and a general formant of activity on the physical plane. If such, if such drastic phenomena are, at least in part, due to the giving out of the great invocation, we can understand why the Tibetans stated that right conditions had to be considered before its enunciation was possible. So in the Northern Hemisphere, Capricorn begins the daylight, begins when daylight is at its lowest point. And yet it is often at the darkest hour that something stirs within our consciousness. Something which we already know intuitively. This evocative experience of standing at the threshold of something new and yet at the same time familiar is something many people are experiencing today. The principle of limitation, or even just dissatisfaction with the way things are, 
is an imprisoning sense of darkness, but it also sparks the creative impulse within. The aspiration to find meaning, greater light, is a journey of self-discovery to our true identity, which in time draws us onto the path of discipleship. Here, the mystery of being and of light leads to the search for something greater and to create anew at another, higher level. So let's just take a moment of quiet and then we'll say together the most ancient of prayers. Lead us, O Lord, from darkness to light, from the unreal to the real, from death to immortality. Capricorn is a sign in which the festival week of the new group of world servers takes place a celebration that occurs every seven years. And it was on the occasion of the most recent one in 2019 that the Lucis Trust placed a strong emphasis on what is called the law of group progress. This spiritual law concerns the mysteries of group realization, expansions of consciousness, and the part each unit plays in the general progress of a group So as described in the Tibetans' teachings, the symbol for this is the mountain with a goat standing on the summit. And again, an astrological sign, that of Capricorn, can be noted. All hard places can be surmounted and the summit reached by the divine goat, symbol of the group, viewed as a unit. So astrologically, the new group of world servers is ruled by Taurus and depicted as the bull rushing forward with, upon a straight line with its one eye fixed upon the goal and beaming light. So for esoteric groups of servers working at its heart, these two symbols can be synthesized in the following manner. Capricorn the goat, hiding as an esoteric blind, the symbolism of the unicorn, in which the two horns and the single eye of Taurus are blended and depicted by the long straight horn of the unicorn in the center of the forest. Forward. So the unicorn is a very evocative symbol. And it preserves a great secret for us in its relationship to the lion in an ancient nursery rhyme, which describes the lion and the unicorn going up to town. It seems that in a peculiar way, this holds a secret of initiation and the going up of a human being to the portal of admittance into the hierarchy, as well as the mystic raising of which masonry holds the key. So this deals with the emergence of the consciousness of the initiate, white and one-pointed, and the defeat of the king of beasts, the personality, leading to the triumph of group and world consciousness. Of selflessness and illumination, over self-consciousness and selfishness. So in the true rendition of this ancient myth, the king of beasts is blinded and killed by the piercing of his eye and heart, by the long horn 
of the unicorn. So at this Capricorn full moon, we can visualize the circulation of energy through all of us together, bringing about the mystic raising that is the result of the right application of Capricorn's influence through the law of group progress. And the reason why it's sometimes called the law of elevation. It is out of this mystic raising that the unicorn emerges, piercing through the veils that hide the corn. And the motto, white and one-pointed, is also used and useful in considering white magic in relation to the problems of humanity as they exist today, especially in the field of education. For while it might be argued that educational techniques already train the young in one-pointedness, it's largely through the means of the intellect without adequate attention to the love wisdom of the soul. So this absence results in the narrow competitive spirit that is causing so much psychological difficulty for the youth of today. Love wisdom is imperative for understanding the network of relationships that makes up any field of activity, for it is the building force of the entire universe. Focused through the mind, love wisdom illuminates the field of knowledge and brings a sense of purpose and belonging that's vital for healthy minds. As W.B. Yeats is thought to have said, education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire. The objective of education is to stimulate the solar fire that resides in every child, to draw it out and focus it as a point of light within a greater light. A spark of consciousness related to all other sparks of consciousness in the world mind. So as the evolutionary process moves on, it also needs to be remembered that that which once expressed truth and served as a liberating force eventually crystallizes. This applies to all forms of education, including esotericism. And for this reason, it's worth heeding the advice of the philosopher and social theorist, Michel Foucault, who wrote, there are times in life when the question of knowing if one can think differently than one thinks and perceive differently than one sees is absolutely necessary if one is to go on looking and reflecting at all. So in the spirit, we enter into a year in which each of us is challenged to discover a fresh approach to knowing and perceiving so that we may not ourselves unwittingly become imprisoned. Instead of being crystallized, let each of us in essence seek the unicorn within. Being white and one-pointed, it's possible to pierce through the veils into the realm of ideas, to that which must take form in its stead. White magic is the art of clothing and vitalizing ideas that resonate with both the philosophy of, ageless, of the ageless wisdom, as well as with progressive contemporary thinking. So this type of magic has an abstract practicality that creates a bridge of communication between the higher and lower levels of the mental plane, and consequently between the human and the superhuman kingdoms. Bridging this gap in consciousness between personality and soul is destined to become a major goal of education. 
and it's Betton's book, Education and the New Age, reminds its readers that as the group thought waves penetrate into the mental atmosphere of humanity, people become impressed and the inaugurating of the new ways of living and of developing proceeds with increased facility. One possible future development might be a new way of treating the basic educational skills taught in schools everywhere, a different approach to reading, writing, and arithmetic could bring, a, bring to light some of the magical process working through them, as described in Education in the New Age, as follows. Reading is concerned essentially with the realization of a clothed idea of some kind. Whereas writing is curiously enough concerned with the individual's conscious self-relation to ideas. And his use of words and writing is the measure of the grasp he may have of these universal ideas. Arithmetic and the power to add, to subtract and to multiply is related also to the creative process, and it concerns the production of those forms upon the physical plane, which will adequately produce the idea and bring it into manifestation. So while arithmetic concerns quantity, other mathematical topics concern structure, geometry, and change. And these four domains describe the production and metamorphosis of all forms in time and space as they are subjected to the evolutionary process. In this connection, we read, from another angle, man reads his destiny in the heavens and writes out that destiny in his life upon the earth. He reduces, knowingly or unknowingly, the idea of his soul to due and proper form, so that each life adds, subtracts, and multiplies until the sum of each soul's experiencing is complete. Thus, symbolically, the three basic ideas are held in elementary education, though they're True meaning is divorced from reality, and the right significance is entirely lost. All that we have, however, emerging slowly and definitely through the medium of world education is built upon this unrealized scaffolding. So each of the traditional skills, reading, writing, and arithmetic, can be thought of in terms of spiritual mathematics. When reading a page of text, the mind automatically converts the sequence of shapes that the eye sees into a multi-dimensional image in consciousness. And it has all the attributes of quantity, structure, geometry, and the capacity to change. What we read now exists as a construct, construct in consciousness that we can know and feel with the mind outside of time and space. And writing reverses this process and provides a way of introducing a construct in consciousness into time and space via sequence of two-dimensional shapes or letters. Arithmetic concerns adding and subtracting quantities of energy to matter to produce the sequence of shapes in writing, speech, or actions. In terms of spiritual mathematics, evolution is the progressive concentration of energy in time and space until ultimately 
the archetypal idea behind the human being, the monad, is perfectly represented in the lowest world through the beauty and order created in matter. The final rule of white magic touches upon the mathematical process of quantity, structure, geometry, and change from a perspective of the transmutation of matter. The fires of matter rise up from the second darkness at the call of the spirit of light and meet in their appointed place that which will absorb them and raise them to the fiery point from whence the fires of living light and radiant life have come. So this process is forging ahead right now through the world educational process and deeper revelations await our discovery. We are in a time when the whole meaning and purpose of education is being revisited. While the purpose of education is a fruitful topic for exploring in an imaginative way with children, it's a discussion for educators and parents too, in fact the whole of civil society, for the persistent problems of humanity seem unlikely to be resolved without it, for the way we educate children greatly influences the way they will relate to the world as adults. This need is now being addressed by UNESCO in its worldwide initiative, Futures of Education, Learning to Become. World Goodwill, World Goodwill attended the various meetings held in New York last year, and informative reports on them can be found on its blog, World Goodwill at the UN. So learning to become is an inspiring definition of what education could be. Standard dictionaries define education more in terms of acquiring knowledge, skills, values and beliefs through systematic instruction. Far more uplifting though, is the second definition in the Oxford Dictionary of English, which simply describes education as an enlightening experience. And this can be applied to the most mundane of experiences that everyone can relate to, but equally to the most profound. An ideal education being a sequence of unfolding realizations that point towards the enlightenment experience of the Buddha. Most of us are familiar with the Buddha's four noble truths that arose from his enlightenment the truth of suffering, the cause of suffering, the end of suffering, and the path that leads to the end of suffering. Together, they reveal the energy of desire, which enables us to be active in the world. But without right direction, it degenerates into a craving for the sensations arising from interactions with matter. The true self is lost, but the suffering endured finally turns the search inwards and the energy of desires transformed into aspiration towards the soul. And the right understanding and direction of desire energy is beginning to inform educational thinking as the influential specialist in the science of education, Philip Miro, suggests with his definition of education as the difficult work to help children to create a space between their desires and themselves. It's about being in the world without putting yourself in the center of the world. While the educator Gert Biester gives another similar view to define the art of teaching as the interruption of identity in order to examine the desires we have in connection with the outer world, as well as the desire we have about ourselves. 
And he proposes that a living question should be continually engaged with throughout a child's education. Is that which I desire desirable? Is it what I should desire for my own life, for my life with others on this planet? Schools could then become places to experience a different sense of time and space in order to become the detached observer and examine questions like this. Whereas modern education is mostly a reflection of the personality keynote of Capricorn, let ambition rule, with its worldwide competition with league tables, true education is a dialogue that is a challenge for life. So with the current engagement with the redirection of education and the exploration into the world of meaning, this law of group progress related to Capricorn will gradually be realized along with the concerns of group realization, expansions of consciousness, and the part each of us plays in the general progress of a group. Let's now take another step together along this path of enlightening experiences with our meditation, letting in the light and using the keynote for the disciple in Capricorn. Lost am I in light supernal, yet on that light I turn my back. Letting in the light. Group fusion. We affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the new group of world servers, mediating between hierarchy and humanity. I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards a spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart and the great ashram of Santa Camara, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy.
extend the line of light toward Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. Higher interlude. Hold the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energies streaming into Shambhala and radiated through hierarchy. Using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, hierarchy, and humanity gradually coming into alignment and interplay. Reflect on the seed thought for Capricorn. Lost am I in light supernal, yet on that light I turn my back.
creative imagination. Visualize the energies of light, love, and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan can manifest. We use a six-fold progression of divine love as a sequence of energy precipitation. Shambhala, hierarchy, the Christ, a new group of world servers, men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, and physical centers of distribution. Lower interlude. Refocus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram. Sound the affirmation. In the center. Of all love I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. We visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy and streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. Consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ.
distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, we visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men. The purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out. <clears throat> and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power Restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. Before we leave um, this meeting, I just want to remind you that the peak of the full moon is tonight at eight minutes past 11, and that the next full moon meeting is the Aquarius full moon on Sunday, the 5th of February at 3 p.m. Our next meeting, though, is the online New Moon meeting, which is in two weeks' time on Friday, the 20th of January at 6.30 p.m. So we hope you can join us and thank you for attending and for your service. And goodbye for now.